Good evening. On the surface, it would seem that this evening's gospel sounds like Jesus is encouraging us to imitate one whose behavior appears to be shockingly wrong. So let's dig into this one a bit and see what Jesus is up to. First, it's important to note that this story is really a continuation of last week's gospel, where we heard the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the most famous story of the prodigal son. So in order to really understand what Jesus was trying to do, you can't gloss over the opening line of this entire discourse. You can't miss who Jesus was speaking to and what prompted him to tell these stories. For we were told that the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So let's look at these two groups by keeping in mind that the Mediterranean culture was broken into an upper, middle, and lower class. And it was dominated by this honor and shame system. At that time, only about 1% were in the upper class. It was the wealth who owned the land and the high priests, etc. Then there was the middle class. That's, it was a small group as well. It was comprised of tradesmen and fishermen, carpenters. Jesus belonged to this class. And it also included educated people like the Pharisees and the scribes, the ones we hear complaining about Jesus in this discourse. So if you remember, Pharisees are that political party. They're obsessed with protecting the purity codes that are found in Leviticus. They place the letter of the law high above the spirit of the law. Jobs of the scribes, they were to study and transcribe and then they add their own interpretations into the law, where in time their interpretations were considered more important than the law themselves. But the vast majority of the population belonged to the lower class, referred to as we hear often in the Bible as the poor. This class included the orphans and the widows and all the outcasts of society, including tax collectors and sinners. That's the other group. They're the ones who came to listen to Jesus. Tax collectors were Jews who collected taxes from fellow Jews for the Roman Empire. They made their living by charging and extracting an extra amount that they could, and that's how they made their money. A little bit like the steward that we just heard in today's story. They were considered traitors because they got their wealth by way of collaborating with the Roman authorities at the expense of their own people. Those who were called sinners, well, they were a special class unto themselves. These were people who deliberately and persistently transgressed the requirements of the law, people like the prostitutes and the moneylenders. And it's this group, the lower class, which Jesus hangs out with. And it infuriates the Pharisees because at no time did Jesus explicitly or directly ask the tax collectors and sinners to forsake their sinful lifestyle. For Jesus seems to have accepted them as they are without requiring them to first clean up their lives. Now next, we need to know that today's gospel is a perfect example of what we call a trickster's tale. This genre is used often 
when the storyteller wants to challenge the listener to think in a new way about social structures and the rules they live in. These types of stories usually appear when the current culture is focused on protecting its laws and its truths. The goal of the trickster is to turn things upside down and to upend the culture and open the eyes of the oppressed. So now, in light of the audience Jesus is speaking to, in the current Judaic culture and the Roman oppression that they're living under and his desire to effect change, it's no surprise Jesus uses this genre. So now we can take a look at that gospel. See, there's a story of a steward who's entrusted with selling his master's goods. It's his job. His job is to take the inventory, he applies a markup for his commission, and he sells the goods to those in the area. Evidently, the steward was really good at what he did because he was able to place a big markup on top of the master's cost and still make the sale. But the wise master recognized that the steward was gouging the customers on interest that the market wouldn't continue to pay. So the steward was mismanaging his assets. So while short-term, the master was making his margin, albeit his customers were overpaying, long-term, he knew his sales would fall. So he dismissed the steward, not for being dishonest, which it's often called, but rather for not being prudent. He was just greedy. Soon to be jobless, the steward becomes focused on the future, like, how's he going to make a living? And how's he going to be accepted by other people? So using the same financial talents that got him into trouble in the first place, he does a life course correction. He goes back and he rewrites the debtor's notes, removing the high interest markups. Through his act of reformation and the reversal of the high markups, his use of talents are commended by the master, and they're certainly welcomed by the debtor, winning him praise by the master and a warm welcome by the community. So the bottom line, what does this trickster's tale mean for you and me? Well, I think the best way to break this open is to realize this story mirrors and resonates with the previous story in the Bible, which is the prodigal's son. See, both stories begin with a character squandering property that belongs to another. Then a turning point is reached when the son or the steward has a moment of self-awareness, like, uh-oh. Followed by each posing a crucial question to himself and laying down a course of action which he carries out. In the end, both stories have one who is prodigal, who is reckless, received back into fellowship. And here's the key point. That acceptance is not dependent upon condition or merits of the sinner. Each story has a character who has acted immorally and who tries to make up for the wrong and is met with unmerited mercy and forgiveness. So now, imagine how these back-to-back parables fell on the ears of the Pharisees and the scribes. Or better yet, with the consolation felt by the tax collectors and the sinners. For these stories talk of honor versus shame, humility versus righteousness, compassion versus law, grace versus merit, God versus mammon. The message Jesus proclaimed was not straighten up your life and keep that law, 
Rather, by eating with them, his message was, this kingdom of God is yours and yours and yours. You're included and you're included. So it's no surprise to find that Pope Francis hosted a pizza party for the homeless after the canonization of St. Teresa of Calcutta. Or that he's going to close the year of mercy for a mass for the prisoners and then a mass for the homeless. He wants them to remind them that they are not lost. They're not abandoned. They're welcomed at the table. So are all of us. See, the challenge we have is that we tend to remain focused on who is worthy and who's not worthy. Jesus isn't worried about worthiness. It's always about God's graciousness. Any attempt to measure our worthiness or that of somebody else puts us right back into the honor-shame system. But God doesn't participate in that kind of system. God doesn't exclude. God has reckless, prodigal love for us. God's filled with compassion for us. God's on the lookout for us. God welcomes us to God's eternal dwellings. We can never, ever forget that we are inherently, totally, and forever a daughter and son of God. We cannot gain or lose that by any achievement or failure whatsoever. It's not a question of competing to see who's good, whatever that means. As Jesus said in the Bible, only God is good. We all have cracks. We all have blemishes. But when we're open to God's goodness and grace, we eventually discover mercy that fills all our gaps, covers all our marks, soothes all our sores, and allows us to feel the warm embrace of the Father who welcomed the Son, the Master who commended the Steward, and the God who pours an abundance of God's unmerited love on all of us.